The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 265th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, bizarre news items, and event of the week that I covered. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine, with whom we will delve deeply into college football, as always. And after A.P., we'll hear from Scott Betty, Senior Vice President for Design at iKing, who oversees all aspects of the Under Armour Eyewear Collection, which I've had the pleasure of wearing the past few weeks. Well, my highlight of the week was the Patriots becoming the first NFL team ever to win eight straight division titles and 14th in the Brady-Belichick era, courtesy of a resounding victory yesterday over the Denver Broncos, who have been the kryptonite to the Patriots' super streak of the past 15 years. Yesterday was a bit of a departure from the normal script where it was the Patriots' defense that allowed no touchdowns and really controlled the game throughout. And uh, LeGarrette Blunt scored the Patriots' only touchdown, in fact, the only touchdown in the game. And uh, it was his 15th of the year, which breaks the Patriots' all-time record. So it just seems like every week... They're just setting new records, both as a team and on an individual level. As we all know, just a couple weeks ago, Brady became the winningest quarterback in NFL history with his 201st victory. And uh, and we're just as lucky as sports fans can get up here in New England uh, by watching what we've been watching for the past 15, 16 years. It's... Uh, it's just, again, sports history on a weekly basis, and, and lucky us. And lucky me as a longtime Patriots season ticket holder who bought my season tickets the day after Bill Parcells was hired back in the mid-'90s. And, uh, and I must say that last Monday night, as the event of the week that I covered, 
was really one of the great regular season games I've ever seen in my uh, 23 years of, uh, of attending Patriot games. The pulsating victory over the Baltimore Ravens was just as good as it gets. Uh, Patriots, of course, jumped out to that 23-3 lead. And then uh, I have end zone seats, so it, I was lucky enough where in this game on Monday night, all the uh, great plays and memorable plays, of which there were many, were happening right in front of me in my end zone. Specifically, the Patriots' two special team gaffes. Uh, Cyrus Jones uh, letting the punt touch his foot. And the Ravens recovered. They scored. They kick off. Matthew Slater fumbles. And they score again. And next thing you know, it's uh, uh, the Ravens are back in the ball game. And just to set the scene, you know, they later went down, kicked a field goal to bring it to 23-20. And frankly, Gillette Stadium was like a morgue. Everybody just sitting there, like, uh, waiting for another Patriots three and out. Uh, and then assuming that the Ravens were going to go right down, this, right down the field and score the winning touchdown. It just felt and looked like it was inevitable and then we had what I think is arguably the uh, signature play of the NFL season, uh, which, of course, was on first down from their own 21-yard line. Uh, Tom Brady went back and uh, dropped back and hit Chris Hogan's Chris Hogan with a 79-yard touchdown run and catch, and... He ran basically uh, right into my end zone seats. And it was just, again, a play that changed everything, or shall we say kept everything the same as far as uh, AFC played it, playoff seating. It, it looked like it was could, could have been slipping away for the Patriots, and now all of a sudden, you know, they have won the division. They've... Uh, Got the first round bye week, which nothing is more important than the bye week. And if they win this Saturday, New Year's Eve or Christmas Eve against the Jets, which I think is, uh, which I think I saw is the biggest spread in like years, <laughs> uh, they're going to have home field throughout. And again, we're just so lucky in New England. I can almost every every August or so, I pencil in that third weekend of January for the AFC Championship game and. Uh, and more often than not, they deliver. Anyway, when I learned after the game that Chris Hogan had played lacrosse, not football, lacrosse, at Penn State uh, before uh, having a redshirt fifth year where he then went to Monmouth University in native New Jersey where he played football, I just thought, what a great story. And uh, so I interviewed Chris uh, in the Patriots locker room and wrote a story on his unique path to the NFL for NFL player engagement. Uh, so the story is uh, now posted at www.nflplayerengagement.com. Chris Hogan was as uh, affable an athlete as I've ever interviewed. I couldn't have been more impressed. I grew up near Penn State. Uh, and he also... Uh, when he played football at Monmouth, uh, they were in the same 
conference against my college, St. Francis University of Pennsylvania. So he's familiar with that as well as my hometown of Altoona, right in the shadow of Beaver Stadium. So just a great conversation with Chris. And uh, and he's just a terrific guy. So it's all good in Patriot Nation these days, that's for sure. So uh, on to the playoffs. My bizarre story of the week is the Bears allowing Aaron Rodgers to hit a 60-yard pass to Jordy Nelson on 3rd and 11 at Frigid Soldier Field yesterday to uh, give the Packers a last-second victory. Uh, They ran up the field in record time to to spike it. Had to run 60 yards, uh, remember, and... uh, Spiked it, got off the field goal with like two, three seconds left to win the game. And now it sets up a terrific matchup potentially with the Lions to end the season with uh, winner take all for that division, uh, the NFC North. So fun stuff. And finally, my low light of the week is Jacksonville Jaguars coach Gus Bradley being fired. Uh not so much that, you know, he, it, it, the record just wasn't there for him, win-loss record during his tenure, uh, so it kind of had to be done. But I saw Gress Bradley speak at the NFL Rookie Symposium in Ohio a few years ago, which I covered for the NFL, and he was simply one of the greatest speakers I've ever seen in my life. He was speaking to all the rookies, and I, I, in the story that I wrote for NFL player engagement uh, at the time, literally compared him to uh, Winston Churchill as an orator, and just the nicest guy, and again, one of the best speakers to inspire a young group of rookies. Uh, you know, it's held in June, so these guys... Uh, you know, hadn't even been to their first training camp yet, although granted they had gone to some OTAs and whatnot and had been drafted, uh, you know, six weeks or so before the symposium. And again, it was just one of the great speeches I've ever seen in my life. So always been a big fan of Gus Bradley, had quite a pedigree coming out of Seattle when he took, uh, uh, took over the Jacksonville job and, uh, it's, as we all know, it's a results-driven business, to put it mildly, in the NFL, and it just wasn't there for Gus, but I have no doubts he will land uh, somewhere very soon. Doug Marone has been named the interim head coach for the Jaguars, so, uh, so we'll see where it all leads. So now let's take our break, and next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine, so don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Join Matt Fish and Alex Clancy every week for Rebound Radio. We'll talk with the legends of basketball about how they got started, their rise to the top of the game, how basketball has changed their lives, and what they're up to now. Just like the game itself, you'll find that lives can pivot on a dime. There can be last-minute saves, and life is anything but run-of-the-mill. Rebound Radio can be heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You won't want to miss the next show. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Schedule. Okay, you, you had an event or something? Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. You can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we often have guests and on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., how you doing today? Oh, I'm good, John. I'm good. I'm actually in Southern California. I'm on the corner here, just outside the Gumtree Shopping Cafe in Hermosa Beach. Well, you're a lucky guy. How's the weather? Oh, pretty good. It's unusually cold, though, for this part of the country, but it's fine for me. Oh, good. Good. Well, I don't know if it's much warmer than Alabama, but it's certainly warmer than New England. Uh, A little chilly up here today. Oh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it's always cold up there in New England uh, this time of year, so I'm, I'm glad I'm on the other side here. Oh, uh, yeah, well, again, lucky you, good for you. And uh, But everybody's hearts are warmed here today with Patriots winning their record, eighth straight division title, first team ever to do so in, in NFL history. And first round by, uh, and... All life is good here in New England with the Patriots. They've finally, uh, you know, got rid of the team that's haunted them for a long, long time, and that's the Denver Broncos. They didn't get rid of them, but they they beat them handily yesterday. That's for sure, for the first time in a while. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the folks are really glad of that moment, and of course they get the trying to get that home field advantage, have that cold weather. So good for the Patriots. Yeah, well, all they have to do is beat the Jets on Christmas Eve, a game I will be attending this Saturday at 1 p.m. And they got home field throughout, and uh, we'll see. But, you know, as always, I want to talk college football. And, AP, we have, a, you know, what I consider a major story developing. Uh, and that, of course, is Leonard Fournette and now Christian McCaffrey. Uh Literally, you know, two of the uh, top college football players, to say the least, um, are, have both opted out of uh, their bowl game, to play in their bowl game, to prepare for the NFL, and just as importantly, not get injured. And uh, so, APIC, this is the beginning of, of, of really... Uh, uh, 
a trend, potentially a, a major trend that's going to be developing, uh, if not even more so this year, probably in coming years. So wanted to get your thoughts on that, because, again, I think this is really the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, John, I find it a disturbing trend. I mean, they're saying it's a business decision. Yes, I understand. But what's stopping someone from trying to play football uh, earlier in the season if they know they're going to be drafted high? And, and, and I just don't like that. I just don't like that that inf- that the way the things are moving in that direction. Uh, I understand it's a business decision, but you know what if Henry just decided last year to play for the championship? Well, I'm going to be a pretty high draft choice. I'll just opt out of the national championship game. I, I just yeah. find it find it find it uh, bad for the game, bad for the game of football. Absolutely. I mean, I can see both sides as always. Uh, even though I think it may be the beginning of a trend, I can't imagine. <laughs> well, I shouldn't say I can't imagine. Hard to imagine that it would someday lead to, and this would be the biggest fear. You nailed it right. Uh, you, you nailed it right on the head. Uh, that a star player uh, would potentially sit out one of the final four games, including a national championship game or a se- or the semifinals. Uh, and, and that would really be a, a seismic event. But, you know, dealing with the present and two players sitting out bowl games, again, I can see both sides. I mean, you know, I can really, uh, I can see the damage it could do to college football and bowls in particular. But I can also understand, uh, you know, how players just want to protect themselves and go into the NFL draft both healthy and even better prepared than they might have been not getting going, so to speak, till January with specific tr- right. type of training. Uh, it's it's tough one, AP, but I think it's just, you know, could bring back the old, uh, you know, the old issue that just w- won't and will not ever go away, which, of course, is just, you know, college football players play for nothing, uh, monetarily speaking. And uh, I think this is going to raise that issue to another level. Yeah, John, I think in some ways you're tempting fate by choosing not to play in a football game because what, what's to say that you won't get injured in one of your own workouts? And I know there's contact in the football game, but somewhere along the line you're going to have to still keep working out and performing for scouts. And it just seems like you're trying to tempt fate and I oh, yeah. just believe that you, you played football your whole life to just just be out there competing and and you're going to have a better chance to you know not get hurt really if you just go out there and don't don't worry about those things I mean more than likely something's going to happen if you're, if you're prone to, to worry about getting hurt yes we were 100% right and that was actually what I was thinking as well, which is uh, that if uh, was that if uh, you know if you go into a college football game thinking or worried about getting hurt, you are absolutely positively ninety nine point nine percent sure of getting hurt. You cannot ever play a game with uh, less than a hundred percent both mentally and physically, and uh, so, you know, it again just raises yet another level of questions, which is, you know, if you're even 
<clears throat> worried about it, then you simply, uh, <clears throat> you know, have to, uh, you know, have to consider, you know, not playing. I mean, you're not helping the team if you're uh, tentative, shall we say. And, you know, we have a couple high-profile situations. Uh, you know, I've heard that, you know, the, the Notre Dame player who was projected to be <clears throat> top five linebacker, I believe, got hurt in the bowl game last year, and his draft stock obviously went down. I think he ended up as a second rounder. And and then, you know, going back, you know, in, in the past, you know, in the national championship game, no one will ever forget Willis McGahee's gruesome injury as a running back for Miami <coughs> against Ohio State. So there's a lot of examples. But it's a really tricky, tricky topic, to put it mildly, you know. I don't know how I feel because I genuinely, genuinely see both sides. <clears throat> I know when I sit down to watch Stanford and LSU in their bowl games, I'm going to be disappointed not to be seeing their two marquee players. Yeah, John, and I would say another thing. I mean, when you play in those bowl games, those are memories for a lifetime. You can't duplicate those. And Correct. Could, Good point. You know, that, that bowl game's Hall of Fame. Come back 25 years from now. You can bring your kids. Uh, maybe have some grandkids at that point. I mean, are those. What's the monetary value on those things? And the other thing is, these players, these high-profile players, they're insured, right? To some degree. So, uh, hopefully, that they can keep that in mind as well. But I'm sure they're getting advice from the, from the agents and. And, and that brings up another topic when people say a player will have an agent. Well, can you imagine now if they had agents during the season advising them anytime there was a tweak, some type of injury that they had uh, during the season, they'd be advised not to play. It, it could be a Absolutely. Interest. So, so I, I think that's another issue that kind of dovetails in, into this uh, decision that they're trying to make at the end of their college career. Right, right. Well, one thing's for sure, it's not good for college football, and particularly the bowl system. Uh, and it's interesting that it would be Leonard Fournette who would kick it off, because I think I remember as far back as last year where there were suggestions being made that he just simply should sit out the season. And I think they're talking about last season. Right. Um, so that, you know, so that his uh, NFL draft status would be, you know, preserved. And uh, again, it, I, again, I just see it as, you know, a really significant issue that could become, that I believe is destined to become a gigantic issue uh, moving forward. Uh, you know, and again, just raises so many various concerns of which you and I have touched on a half a dozen at least. And I'm sure there's a couple dozen more. You could add to it if you really uh, <laughs> dug deeper. It's crazy. Yeah, there's probably, yeah, yeah, probably some we haven't even considered, but I just think it's 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 bad advice to uh, sit out the bowl game. If you if you tell the coach I only want to take a minimum amount of carries, maybe perhaps, and maybe maybe I mean, Leonard Fournette, maybe instead of getting twenty five carries, he touches it fifteen times. He doesn't want to be overworked. Everyone can understand that reasonable approach. We just opting out, playing in the game for your university. I mean, they paid for your education at this point. I mean, that's that's really hardcore business, making that Oh, it really is. 
Yeah, and you know that even raises yet another level on this. Uh, in that, uh, you know, there are simply uh, the people surrounding all of these college athletes these days. Many of them, you know, for years going back to high school, if not before, and just you know, all the people that are in the ear of every college athlete. There, there, there's a lot. There's a lot of voices being heard, and uh, it really, really, you know, it's not an easy thing for, you know, someone who's, you know, in their early 20s, shall we say, and we'll see how it all develops, AP, but again, I think it's just really uh, something that bears watching, and I don't think we've necessarily heard the end of it for this specific bowl season, so we'll see where it all leads. Yeah, I don't know if there's a good ending to this story, John, down the road. Yeah, I don't think there is. Yeah, I really don't. Certainly not from the uh, uh, college football and bowl uh, point of view. But AP, I know, uh, I know you've got a lot going on out in California, and I'm really glad we had the chance to talk about this topic because I believe it's a big one, and. Uh, you know, just enjoy your time out in California. You know, have a great, uh, you know, have a great time out there. We're into bowl season, so lots going on. So it's going to be fun as we head into the uh, uh, holidays, and of course, uh, which will be punctuated by the semifinals and then the national championship game down in Tampa. John, it's always my pleasure to be on your show, especially at this time of year with the holidays and all the college football bowl games and semifinal and championship game upon us. So I want to wish all the listeners a happy holiday season, and thank you once again for having me on your show. You're welcome, and enjoy California, and we'll talk again soon, AP. Thank you. Thank you, John. All right, and it's time for our break, and next up will be... Scott Betty, Senior Vice President for Design at iKing, who oversees all aspects of the Under Armour eyewear collection, which I have had the pleasure of wearing the past few weeks. So I look forward to talking to Scott after this break. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one 346 9144 or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And on the line with us is Scott Betty, Senior Vice President for Design at iKing, who oversees all aspects of the Under Armour eyewear collection, which I have had the pleasure of wearing the past few weeks. And Scott, these sunglasses are amazing and... Uh, Thanks for taking the time to call in and discuss your products on our show. And I wanted to start off by asking, uh, you know, that eyewear has really taken off in the last 10 or 15 years by all of the professional athletes. So how much of that is uh, fashion related and how much of that is because, uh, because of the desire to protect the eyes from the harsh sunlight? Oh, John, I think it's, uh, I think it's a little bit of both. Certainly... You know, all of us in the industry try and provide product that looks good and functions well. And I think the the product you see in the marketplace is really driven by a better understanding of what athlete want, athletes want, what they want to wear on the field, on the court, on uh, regardless of their activity or sport that they play. They look for performance in every piece of equipment they put on their body or they use. Yeah, well, uh, not surprising at all. I mean... I cover a lot of golf and uh, many and every other sport out there. And, uh, you know, sunglasses are just, uh, especially on the tour, uh, you know, a must-have item and, uh, you know, part of the look, but just as importantly, uh, part of helping the game. So is the usage of eyewear on the course, the field, the court, Still a generational divide with more younger players regularly using it than the longtime players? You know, I don't think so. I think in golf now, what there, there's a much better awareness of what a good pair of sunglasses can do for you as the athlete. And it's really a combination of protecting your eyes, but also giving you a better experience on the course or on the court. Uh, it's really a question of educating consumers about what sunglasses can do for you. Yes, yes. Uh, well, you know, speaking of consumers, I mean, Under Armour, uh, of which I am a big fan. I've been wearing their clothes for years. Uh, you know, they have a lot of, they have an active relationship with a lot of professional athletes, uh, starting with uh, one of, a famous one right down the road from where I'm speaking now, which, of course, is Tom Brady, uh, but as well as, you know, Jordan Spieth, uh, Steph Curry, uh, you know, super popular uh, household names, to say the least. So what specific contributions does, uh, you know, do they, the athletes, provide in the overall products development? Yeah, they play, they play a big role, especially for Under Armour. I would say not just in the sunglass category, but in every category, there really is a heartfelt, intentful approach to listening to athletes so that we can make the products better. 
uh, in the sunglass category, we take that same approach. And I think the thing that you learn from athletes that's so beneficial is a byproduct of the fact that they wear the product for a lot longer than most of us, and they have a much higher demand for what that product can deliver. So you or I, we might play the occasional round. Maybe you get out more often than I do, uh, or the occasional game of tennis, or we do what we do in the margins of our life when it comes to sport where we can fit it in. But that's their job. That's what they make their money doing. Uh, it's their profession. And every piece of equipment that they use, they hold to a higher expectation that you and I do. So when it comes to eyewear, for example, the athletes are really keened into how does it fit? Uh, how does it function? Does it give me the performance I'm looking for for my specific sport or activity? So they're, they're just more keenly aware of the finer details in equipment than most of us are. Absolutely. And, you know, just wearing them myself, I, I just thought it was remarkable uh, how, you know, the view through these eyeglasses were, you know, simply different than what I've seen before. I mean, literally, you know, being on a golf course, you know, the blades of grass literally looked different as did the uh, you know, the sharpness of the images, the sky, I mean, all of it. I, I thought it was just amazing uh, as I've been wearing them the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and you hit on something there that's key. You know, I think for years, people thought of sunglasses just as, I need protection from the sun. Uh, right. They really didn't think about if you tune a glass, pair of glasses correctly, uh, you can improve the performance for a given sport or activity. So you mentioned golf and being able to read the course better or see blades of grass better. That's absolutely true. You know, when you think about sunglasses and light, you can filter light and adjust light um, in order to improve what you see on the course or on the field. And the best analogy I like to use is when you listen to music and you adjust an equalizer, you adjust so you can pick up the bass, you can pick up the treble. Maybe if you like guitar music, you pick up the mid-range to hit those uh, guitar notes. You can adjust light the same way. Light is a wave. Sound is a wave. So just like you can use an equalizer to adjust the sound of the music you listen to, you can adjust through technology the way light is filtered so that the light you see when you're on the course, when you're on uh, in a specific environment, is tuned in order to be able to pick up contrast better for you, the athlete, or you, the consumer. Well said. That's a great description because, uh, you know, uh, you're, you're telling me something I didn't know. Um, no pun intended, seeing things in a whole new light because it was just simply uh, not something I was aware of. Um, you know, been a big sunglass wearer. For years, uh, and you know, again, have never seen anything or had any uh, product quite like these. So, let me just take it a step further. And uh, is there a difference from what professional athletes want from eyewear versus those of us who are just fans? That's a good question. I think professional athletes they they're more demanding, so they're going to pick up a need sooner than most of us. So I think our job at Under Armour in every category is to identify the needs of the athlete, figure out how to solve those needs or address those problems, and then package it into a product that not only works for the athlete but also works for the everyday consumer. So 
in our line, for example, our sunglass collection, the product the athlete wears is virtually the same product that you or I can buy on the shelf. So once we've tuned it to the point where it works for the athlete in a given sport, we apply those learnings and funnel it into our mass consumer product. So we want the everyday fan or the everyday consumer to be able to have that same level of technology as the the pro athlete or the collegiate athlete wears. Wow. Well, that's interesting. And, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, your brands being available. Uh, I live up here about 20 minutes from Gillette Stadium here near Boston. And uh, so Saturday evening, I happen to be over at Patriot Place, which is the retail shopping area that surrounds Gillette Stadium. And uh, Olympia Sports just opened, uh, relocated a store in a new new spot within Patriot Place, and they have apparently uh, partnered or whatever with Under Armour, which now has just a dominant presence in the store. And I, of course, went right to the sunglass collection, and there they all were, uh, very handsomely, uh, you know, displayed and, you know, looked at the entire collection, including the ones, you know, that uh, that I've been wearing, and uh, and it was just fantastic. So it was ne- like next-level stuff, and let's not forget, you know, Tom Brady and his Under Armour uh, connection are very present here in New England, especially at Patriot Place and, uh, and Gillette Stadium. So, uh, so, yeah, and in fact, it's literally uh, 100 yards from where Tom Brady has his... Uh, you know his his establishment for uh, for healthcare and and performance training. So it, it was uh, again a dominant presence, really a spectacular display uh, with the sunglasses in evidence for all to see. It was really cool. No, that's great to hear. Glad you had a good experience, and uh, certainly a lot of good things going on over at Gillette. I mean, they're they're having a heck of a year. That's for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. We're we're very lucky up here, and that leads into my next question, which is, you know, what differentiates what Under Armour is doing versus that of uh, of their competitors? Oh, that's a good one. Um, you know, I think it goes back to what we talked about earlier with hearing feedback from the athletes. So, in every category, sunglasses included, we play close atten- We pay close attention what the athletes are saying um, and how they express what they need in terms of products to help them perform better. Uh, When you think certainly about what's put Under Armour on the map, it was a recognition that athletes needed moisture wicking, uh, lightweight base material, base layer products initially at the birth of the company in order to help them perform better. So the football player didn't want a soggy cotton t-shirt that uh, was heavy and cold at the end of a game. So the birthplace of the brand came from recognizing challenges or problems that athletes had. So I think what we do better than most or all for that matter is we remain closely tuned in to what the athletes say they need. And if you build it for the highest level of athlete, then you're making a product that also works well for the mass consumer. So staying closely connected to athletes, listening to their needs, identifying the problems they experience when they play and perform uh, helps us make better product that then the mass consumer appreciates and wants to put on their body as well. 
Well, that's terrific. And uh, lastly, before we go to break, uh, how does Under Armour encourage customer feedback? Since I'm sure the customer base is uh, growing dramatically. Yeah, I think we do a pretty good job on the website uh, as a starting point. A lot of people tend to voice concern in an easy way, and certainly a website's active 24-7, so you can post uh, user feedback about products. You can uh, communicate comments as to how did it fit, how did it function, uh, how did you like it. So that's a, that's a great way. We certainly encourage that feedback. It's very easy to uh, send in your experience with product to us uh, via Under Armour's website. And let us know how you like the product. Did it work for you? Did it not? What, what did you like about it? What did you not like about it? Uh, and when you start to see those responses in large numbers, then you start to get a feel for trend. And it's with those trends that you can learn something and simply make a better product. So we're, you know, we're focused on putting good stuff in the marketplace. We believe in listening to athletes making great products. And when you do that, you end up being successful in most things, not just our business, but uh, most other businesses as well. Absolutely. Well, that's great that, uh, you know, Under Armour is so customer-centric, and uh, I got the feeling that uh, the customer feedback will be increasing as uh, some of our listeners are likely to go out and buy uh, uh, some of the sunglasses that we're talking about and the uh, and all the eyewear products. Uh, but, Scott, right now, uh, we're going to take a break. Uh we still have some more things to cover since it's such an interesting topic and you're explaining it so well and frankly telling myself and the listeners a lot of information that I'm guessing uh, certainly I didn't know and I'm guessing they didn't know as well. But uh, So we will take our break and sticking around on the line will be Scott Betty, Senior Vice President for Design at iKing, who oversees all aspects of the Under Armour eyewear collection. And we will talk more with Scott after this break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, 
Welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is Scott Betty, Senior Vice President for Design at iKing, who oversees all aspects of the Under Armour eyewear collection, which I've had the pleasure of wearing the past few weeks. And before we get started, I want to give my usual pick of the week for appointment viewing, which is the Steelers-Ravens this Christmas Day, Sunday, at 4.30 p.m. It's another winner-take-all game, uh, so should be some great viewing uh, on Christmas Day evening. But we want to get back to Scott. We've been talking uh, about the Under Armour eyewear collection, and Scott, uh, how important is it to have the exposure of eyewear for those competing on the professional golf tours? Yeah, it's a key, it's a key element of success for us. When you look at whether it's the golfer or the caddy, and caddies certainly play a significant role, uh, I think one of the great evolutions of golf is recognizing that it may seem like an individual sport, but it's really a team sport. You know, caddy and golfer combine into make a powerful uh, team out on the course. But having exposure on a professional tour is significant. It's the old adage of if you win on Sunday, you sell on Monday. Uh, it certainly is that to a degree, but it also just authenticates your product. If consumers see athletes at the highest level wearing your product, uh, they understand that they're wearing it for a reason. And certainly golfers won't use a product unless they believe in it. And uh, if you see a professional golfer wearing a product, you know it's a product they trust, especially if it's coming down to clutch time on Sunday. So. Oh, absolutely. Golfers are very particular. I've covered dozens of golf tournaments, including this year's PGA uh, tournament down in Baldessarol, New Jersey, and also the U.S. Open at Oakmont. And just last week, covered the uh, Franklin Templeton Shark Shootout with Greg Norman that he hosts down in Naples, Florida. And you, you spoke of teamwork with the caddy, but... This was uh, the Franklin Templeton in Naples was a uh, team 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 setup format uh, very similar to the Ryder Cup. So uh, you hit the nail right on the head with the importance of teamwork, even in golf, which we don't always associate with uh, teamwork in golf. But it was great stuff, well explained. And let me ask you this: uh, Are there any differences in terms of specific preferences that? men want versus that of women? You know, the, the primary difference would come in fit. So uh, the anatomical structure of a man's head versus a woman's head slightly different. So on okay. average, you know, and here we'll talk in terms of the law of averages, uh, a woman's facial structure will tend to be a little more petite than a man's structure. So having a pair of sunglasses that fits well becomes important. Uh, the lens performance would be the same. So if I'm a male golfer or a female golfer, for example, uh, I would want the same type of technology and performance from my lens, no difference. The, re- the real difference comes in fit, just like you'd expect with, say, apparel or footwear. You want to design your product so that it fits uh, the gender correctly. So whether it's male or female, you want to have a product specifically designed for them. Okay. Okay. Well said. Uh, very good description. And 
getting a little more specific, how long was the overall process in creating the game day lens with the new UA Octanes, which I have specifically been wearing? Oh, good. Glad you got a pair of those. Uh, oh, yeah. They're, they're awesome. <laughs> good. Glad you like them. That's what we like to hear. There's that yeah, very feedback we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Maybe I'll uh, go online and give some of that feedback. <laughs> you know, the uh, a new frame for us, especially a performance-driven frame like Octane, we typically start the process about 18 months in advance. So our design team will put pencil to paper and, you know, of course now a lot of it's pencil to uh, drawing pad digitally. But they'll put right. pencil to paper, so to speak, about 18 months before you will see the product on the shelf at your Dick Sporting Goods or your uh, other retailers. So about 18 months in advance. And then we go through a full design and development process of the frame before we go to market. Uh, on the lens front, for example, the game day lens, you might spend, you could spend, depending upon how fast you progress through, through the R&D cycle, you could spend as long as two years developing a new lens so that it meets the performance requirements you'd like it to meet. Uh, and certainly the game day lens was something we uh, co-developed with Zeiss, uh, our lens partner, and it was about a two-month, pro- or excuse me, a two-year process. Wow, amazing. Uh, <clears throat> you know, and it's I'm literally holding a pair of the UA Octanes in my hand, and one of the cool things I liked, well, one thing I like is how light they are, literally on my face, very light, lightest pair I've ever had. But also, one of the cool things I like is uh, the adjustable nose pieces. It's just something I've never yeah. seen before in any sunglasses I've ever worn. Yeah, and that's a, that's a key feature that we have on the majority of our premium products. So any product range, you kind of have a good, better, best tier. And our better and best tiers, we tend to use uh, an adjustable nose pad technology. And it's based on the simple reality of as, as hard as we try for sunglasses to be a one-size-fits-all, size does come into play. And that is especially an area where you're going to have wide variety or variance across the population. So we try to account for that variance uh, with adjustable nose pads so that uh, our products fit the face of more people better rather than just try and hit the middle of the bell curve. We're trying to uh, hit a greater number of customers, give them adjustability so they have a better experience and a better fit. Wow. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, again, unique. Just, again, something I've never uh, had before, and I, and I love it. Uh, so given... All the information you've given us, which has been great and and certainly new for, for myself as well as the listeners, just getting the background of how the eyewear world works, uh, what type of future trends can we expect in the eyewear category? That's a good question. I think what you'll continue to see is a design and attention paid to sunglass lens development to give consumers and athletes a better experience for a specific application. So example would be, you know, consumers tend not to think about it, as we talked about earlier, but sunglasses do far more than just protect you from the sun. And certainly that is a critical part of what a sunglass provides, protection from UAV, UVA, 
B and C light waves, which uh, can be harmful to the eye. But what a sunglass can do beyond that is uh, give you a product that performs well for a specific application. So two great examples. Think about a golfer on a golf course and a sport fisherman out in the deep ocean. Golfer on a golf course is effectively in a green environment. How they see and read the course that is primarily green in color uh, can be critical to performance. A sport fisherman out on the water has a ton of glare to deal with, reflective sun off of the surface of the water. They are in a blue world. So the sky and the water are blue, blue, blue. So you filter light accordingly for each environment. So on the golf course, you filter light to provide contrast in shades of green. Out uh, out in the deep waters of the ocean, you first block the glare with polarization, and then secondly, you filter to provide detail on the surface and below the surface of the water. So two totally different environments, two completely different needs, and you have to adjust and tune the product accordingly to give a consumer a great experience in both. If you were a golfer and you wore that deep sea lens while you were golfing, you wouldn't have a great experience. Just like if you were a sport fisherman and you happened to wear your golf lens out on the ocean, you'd have a bad experience. Both of those lenses are great for the right environment, but you put them in the wrong environment and you have a bad experience. So what we're trying to do is educate people to think about sunglasses as sport-specific products that can give you a better experience when the right product is applied to the right uh, environment, sport, or activity. Wow. That is absolutely fascinating, truly. And as we close out the show here in the last minute or so, uh, how about baseball? Uh, That's another sport I associate sunglasses with. Any difference with baseball? Yeah, absolutely. So now your baseball, the ball becomes important. The ball is white with a red stitch. So trying to provide a contrast of that ball either against the sky or the ground, you know, the field of play becomes critical. So you adjust the way light is filtered with the lens to maximize the contrast of the baseball relative to the background. And the background is typically blue, green, or the brown of an infield. So uh, tuning the lens for that environment You have to take into account what is that object of desire, and in this case, it's the baseball, and then what is uh, the background that you track the object against uh, and tune it specifically to meet the needs of the athlete. Wow. Well, Scott, you have certainly educated me and my listeners uh, uh, in this area of both eyes and eyewear. It's just been fantastic, certainly perfect for a sports show uh, like mine. So I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to call in, explain everything to us, and, uh, and you know, I wish you the best of luck going forward as you uh, innovate uh, the eyewear going forward, I'm sure, and, uh, and again, just wish you the best of luck as, uh, before we know it, it'll be springtime here in the Northeast and, uh, and summer and when it's all the, the more important, even in places here like Boston. Well, I appreciate you having me on the show, John. Thanks for the time, and uh, go Sox. All right, and uh, happy holidays to you and all of our listeners. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time.
Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. And we'll talk sports again next week. We'll be right back.